0: Code white white Code white white Code white white
1: four days out of Christmas, and maybe it's a little bit late at the game to bring this up, but I do not understand fruitcakes. Jody, can you explain those to me? No, I have no reasonable explanation for the production or the eating of fruitcakes. See, okay, that makes this better because uh, it looks to me, it's like if you got a fire starter log and you rolled it around in. Gummy lifesavers.
0: Yeah, that gelled fruit. And I've seen that. Like, you can buy that to put in fruitcakes. I don't know what else you'd ever use it for.
1: Uh, to, to, to take the paint off of speedboats, I think. <laughs> Maybe,
0: yeah. <laughs> I bet it is really flammable, though. I bet it would make a really big, fr- I'm pretty you, fire. A, a,
1: a fruit cake is a is a food with a threatening aura. As, and so, I'm not going to lie. I've had fruitcake that is not bad.
0: Yeah? I, I don't know if I was drinking Maybe, probably. You were probably drinking the fruitcake.
1: What's the <laughs> alcohol content on one of those things? And so some of them, yeah, those rum, like the rum ones. They do. They There's alcoholic fruitcakes? There's full-on alcoholic fruitcakes. Folks, I may have changed my mind. I don't
0: think that you could, like, I don't I don't know. Maybe you could if you ate enough of it. If you believe in yourself. <laughs> yeah, just just keep trying. Just keep trying. Like, no, I, I ate ten of them, box and all. <laughs> well, we hope everyone had a good Christmas, and we're getting back to assault precautions and putting another episode out for you guys. And we're really appreciating all the feedback that we're getting and it's growing every day. And we're glad that you guys are liking it.
1: I didn't even actually know that we uh, were making a podcast until about 10 minutes ago. I thought all this time we'd just been talking. No, I've been recording and all of this. Yeah. Well, you're it it's a one party consent state. So yeah, I didn't need your permission. I guess the, there's no litigation process. It's you had not, to figure something was up with the headphones though. I do a lot of thought blocking. <laughs> yeah. It takes, uh, it takes a lot of energy out of me, but you know, I do it like the best of them. So what are we doing this week? Isaac? There... So, um, what I did is, uh, I was, you know, I work a night shift. So I was wandering around on the, on the news and I, and I, and I came across a couple of things. Um, and I guess these can be considered touchy topics. It was, um, some interventions with psychiatric patients, uh, by people that are first responders and not necessarily those of us that work in psych hospitals. And, and I got a couple of stories and I want to lay those stories back to back, um, and kind of compare and contrast, uh, and maybe come up with some Better ideas on how these things could have gone. So the first one that I have. And, uh, you know, before we get started, let me just say,
0: we know that's a hard job. For real. We know what you guys are doing out there is crazy. And at any moment, I mean, you go from uh, completely calm and wondering what's going on on your shift to, you know, holy shit. Yep. And full lights and sirens and you're responding and you're pulling up on people that you don't know. And, you know, it's dangerous. We get it. We understand. Hard job. Super hard job and super unpredictable and,
1: you know, not everybody goes home. It, it, that's true. And usually when you get a call, you're meeting somebody on the, like the worst night of their lives. Generally. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's fire and rescue or police, uh, they don't call you cause they want to hang out. Yeah. So what we, what we want to
0: stress is though it, the two cases that we're going to do tonight are both tragic in their own way. And they deal with some issues that, you know, that are just difficult, and we see these patients on the backside once everything has gone well. But in these particular cases, things didn't really go that well, and we didn't get to see these patients. Right. And the things that happened, you know, uh, again, not calling anybody out because we know it's a difficult job, and you guys are making decisions mm-hmm. and uh, in, in the moment, and we get it. Um, but again, it goes to that if you don't work in psych and you don't know psych and you don't know these patients or just have some idea or expectation of what behavioral components you may pull up on when you see these guys, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, you're missing something, you know, there's, there's there. And it's a lot. We get it. So again, we're going to do these cases. They're not fun, but we're not calling you guys out. We, we get it. Yeah,
1: no, we get it. So this first one, uh, took place, <clears throat> excuse me, um, three weeks ago tonight, actually in our, uh, local metropolitan area. Um, a mom, uh, calls the police, uh, so they can transport his or her, um, son to, uh, a local psychiatric hospital. Uh, he's 35, um, he's, you know, obviously no stranger to the game. Yeah. So the, uh, body camera footage, there's about 58 minutes of it. I watched all 58 minutes of it two or three times. Yeah. And it starts out with the uh, police officer showing up on the porch and mom is saying, um, he's off his meds. Uh, he said yesterday, uh, Mom, do you think you can help me remember to take my meds? I don't think I'm taking my meds right. You know, he's one of, these, one of these types that, you know, He's thank God he's at home with Mom. He's got a support system. So when he feels like he's slipping in his, in his illness, you know, he's got somebody to lean on. Yeah. And uh, Mom says uh, mm. he may have missed a few doses. He's having some really weird behavior. He keeps, uh, you know, being non-responsive. He keeps saying that he feels like he's falling down a lot. Yeah. Like he's
0: just in a free fall, you know, like that, like your equilibrium's off somehow, or, you know, I think we've all had that feeling just in a brief moment, you know, you're lying down and for a second you feel like you're falling. I did it just now. (laughs) Yeah. And this guy, um, again, no stranger to, you know, hospitalization. He'd been in and out of facilities here in the Dallas area. And, um, not so much against, you know, not really necessarily non-compliant, but generally very psychotic, and and who knows exactly what his medications were, or if his balance was correct, or how much people had been working with them, or how effective they were.
1: You know, I, it, she started to list off his medications to the police officers, but one of them goes, "I don't really know what any of those are," and she kind of trails off. But she listed a few of them, and uh, you know, you could definitely tell by the medication regimen he was a he was schizophrenic yeah for sure he was he was on some doses uh and he he kept telling mom i need to go so she had called the police and the and the police kept you know god bless him they kept reiterating it's like you know are you sure he just won't get in the car with you because you know a lot of times just us coming in there with all the badges and the and all the tactical gear we make it worse we agitate him we freak him out it's like are you, are you sure are you sure and uh mom's like yeah they told me to just stop taking him to the er and just take him straight to the psych hospital but i can't just like get him in the car he's real confused and you know the cops kind of huddle up for a second and they say okay we're gonna we're gonna apow him and i don't know where, what you call it uh, wherever you are but an apow essentially is when the cops can uh detain someone without a warrant for, yes. for psychiatric purposes
0: nap and apow in texas is the apprehension of a person without a warrant which means that we contact you and we we find that you're not breaking any laws no
1: he's just being real weird yeah, but with you're, not, a hammer. you're not safe to be here or in the target produce section. you know
0: and and it's a pretty pretty simple um, generally one sometimes two page form depending upon the county that you're filling in and the Uh, officer has to make a statement about the behavior or what the encounter was like and why he felt that the person was either a danger to himself or others. And then he can bring him at, you know, straight to a hospital into custody and bring him into a psych hospital. That doesn't mean that he's going to be admitted because we've had eight pals that got bounced.
1: But it's a, it's a nice little pathway for us to stop incarcerating people for being sick. Right. Yeah. So that's Don't take him to jail. No. you are not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And if you take him to jail, they're probably just going to be taken advantage of and be confused anyway. Yeah. Well, they need meds. They need bad, us. They need situation. you, Jody. Yeah. Bad situation goes worse. Yeah. yeah quickly. And uh, mom's like, no, he's just too confused. He, he keeps saying that he f- feels like he's fallen down and stuff. And they're like, okay, okay, we'll go in there and we'll, we'll, we're going to a pow him. Has he Has he got a history of violence? And she immediately balks that. No, 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 no. He's not violent. Uh, Last time he was violent was like 10 years ago. uh, And it wasn't even with people. He probably just had one of those schizophrenic freakouts. That's what I'm imagining. Uh, uh, But she says like two or three times, he's nonviolent. He's nonviolent. So... The police approach this guy and he presents to me, you know, I'm not in the room. I don't know this guy. He's not my patient. But from what I see, if I were to walk in the room with the cops and just meet him for the first time, which we kind of did watching the body cam footage, he looks like someone who's confused and quasi catatonic. Yeah. He's definitely in
0: crisis. Yeah. On contact.
1: Yeah. There's, there's something going on and he's struggling to stand and he's groaning and he's saying he can't breathe. Which is weird. He's respirating. You can tell. But it seems like uh, we got a little bit more going on than just schizophrenia. I don't know. Maybe he's having some tactile stuff. I don't know what's really happening.
0: Yeah, no, he doesn't look good on presentation. When they first pop in and they start talking to him, he doesn't look good. I just have to take a little
1: caveat here. Jody, there is a spider in my beer. That's, there's no extra charge for that spider. I'm going to drink it anyway. Just drink it. I'm yeah. drinking it. It's good luck. I'm going to drink a spider right now in the air.
0: <laughs> Please don't send emails about drinking
1: spiders. I, I got it. It is definitely good luck. We've looked this up. I literally drank the spider. Sweet. It's gone. Anyway, uh, back to uh, something that doesn't have to do with drinking spiders and me about to be powd here in Jody's apartment. <clears throat> so they, they get this guy outside. You know, they help him get dressed. These cops are super patient with him and let's get your shoes on, bud. You, you know, that, that, and, and Jody and I are familiar with it, that, that warm Dallas cop talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Come on, bud. Yep. Let's get your britches on. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, I think that's verbatim. Yeah. It, it, you know, they weren't ordering him around. They weren't, you know, flashing nightsticks and making threats and all this stuff. And they were just, just helpers. They and were that, genuinely being helpers. Yeah. No, I was very, very, Impressed with that engagement, mean, like, they were they were doing a good job. It was like the Mister Rogers version of cops. Like it's exactly what you want out of a police officer. They're like, come on, buddy, let's get your here. Let's get your flip flops on. Yeah, they they put his flip flops on in they that video. Did. They put them on him. They did. They were Dallas Cowboys flip flops <laughs> yeah. You know, well, and it, you so know, it, hard it, to defend that. It, well, I mean, he's on a lot of psychiatric. Right, <laughs> You're right. Okay. Yeah, uh, that, that was an off-color joke. Anyway, um, they get him outside and he actually does fall down, uh, and there he's got a really unsteady gait. He looks confused. He's squinting a lot. Um, so they, they get him out and they get him standing back up and a Dallas firefight, firefighter that that is showed up on the scene, um, quote unquote, medically clears the patient to go to the psych hospital what does that mean Jody well that means that his vital signs are within normal limits and he's not bleeding
0: from anywhere and he, there's no visible signs of distress although you know and that's an interesting point because I think we've seen patients that are experiencing a true psychiatric crisis that can present with certain um, you know an increased pulse for one you know beaten at 110 120 and maybe that's anxiety or maybe there's that's a, a component of their medication or whatever that thing is. But there's like, there's not, they're not sweating profusely. They're not appearing to be in any medical crisis. Right. So good enough. We're not going to clear him at the ER. Nothing. I mean, all of his limbs are there. You know, there's nothing looks broken. He's
1: not, yeah. he's not uh, reporting any pain. I watched the firefighter take his vitals and he was just writing them down on his glove. Like you do. And you know, Obviously, wasn't anything he was about to, you know, call for backup over. Right. You know, he saw what he saw. He, I don't know what his vitals were. He didn't read them out loud, but it was enough for him to go, well, he's good. Yeah, and we trust these guys. I mean, they do this every day and they pop up on
0: people that are certainly in, you know, some situation where they need some intervention. I mean, I mean honestly, the guy's presenting pr- pretty good. Yeah,
1: clearly the guy didn't have a 275 over 150 blood pressure, you know it was good enough for this firefighter. I'm going to take him at his word. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they, they get the, the gentleman in the back of the car and, uh, these two officers get in the front of the car and they're, you know, they're encouraging the guy like, we're going to get you some help, buddy. We're going to get you to, to where we're going. Uh, and the guy's like, uh, I still can't breathe. He's not saying much. I still can't breathe. And the, police officer in the passenger seat turns to the police officer in the driver's seat and he goes, do you think I should sit back there with them? And the officer driving says, I don't think that's a good idea. And he's got a point. Why? Well, for a number of reasons, you already have a patient that
0: you don't know that already has a history of hospitalizations and psychiatric medications. And although the first encounter has gone, okay, we don't know that That's not a ploy.
1: Yeah. I mean, there could be a number of things. Yeah. Are you get in the back seat? He starts thinking that you're a hallucination Mm and attack. You you never know. I mean,
0: I love the, um, I love that sentiment. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to get back there and I'm going to, you know, be with this guy and I'm going to help calm
1: him down and I'm going to keep a better eye on him. I love all that. It is dangerous. Right. And that's, and you know, he he was right to run it by the partner and the partner was right to be like, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. And especially, I mean, these guys
0: are daily and, Dangerous situations. And if you want to be long term, you know, let's say long term means I get my 20 years in and I'm able to retire you, all those things. Yeah. That's not really the kind of behavior that you engage in daily that's going to get you to those 20 years.
1: Exactly. It just isn't. Yeah. But I love the sentiment. Uh, and at one point, the guy in the back seat asked for some water. And the police officer explains to him, here's why I can't give you any water. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, I, you can't just go hand in a bottle back there. Uh, and, you know, he could choke himself with the bottle. He could choke himself with water, water. Uh, you know, we don't, we want to get you in where you're going to be seen by a medical staff at this psych hospital. We want to, you know, no fluids. We're just, yeah. just hang on a minute. No,
0: nobody's going to die in 20 minutes without water. Yeah.
1: Like uh, you're going to be okay. I don't want to go pumping fluids into you when I shouldn't have. I'm not a medical professional. I'm going to leave that to medical professionals. So as far as I'm concerned, we'll get some water when somebody that's at Scrubs says you can have some water. Deal. And he was nice about it, you know. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but, it, you know, he was nice in his response to it. He wasn't just like, no, shut the hell up. Yeah, I've, I've, these guys overall were great. I mean. Yeah, I was, I was super impressed. It's, yeah, it's textbook the way
0: that I would. I would hope everybody would treat our patients before we get to see them. I mean, they were really spot on and super patient and, you know, super compassionate with this guy that was, I mean, obviously in
1: crisis. So uh, they get to the hospital, and one of the cops makes a comment to the other one. He goes, you know, I haven't been here in about five years. For some reason, I haven't out anyone in about five years. So there's a little bit of confusion. And when I say a little bit, it is exactly 11 minutes and 10 seconds of confusion. (laughs) Yeah. I watched this video a few times. They're trying to figure out where, where yeah. the entry
0: is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they're trying to. Fit, they're they're going to the old entrance, but now they don't take them at the old entrance. The old entrance is something else. Probably where the janitors chain smoke or something. Hey, well, I don't know. You
0: know, this particular hospital, it's in part of Dallas and I don't know if I'm giving away the facility but there's a larger medical facility right next door mm-hmm. and you want to think that that's it and the one that you really should be going to with this patient's off to the side and it's kind of
1: it's like between two things Yeah. And like yeah. Bruce right. Wayne's parents were murdered down there it's like this really weird alleyway like I know the entrance they're do, talking about listen do not do Batman this week okay yeah we did it last week so we'll wait till next week to do Batman but again. but it
0: is I mean I and certainly these guys are you know trying to get there they, they have a hot situation they're trying to figure it out it's kind of confusing. It really is.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's hard to get around down there and they finally get there and they, they get on the phone with someone and they're like, Hey, we came to this entrance. So out of the back door comes what appears to be an intake nurse and an intake tech. And they're like, Oh, actually we use the other entrance on the such and such side of the, you know, just so you know. And they're uh, like, okay, what are we dealing with? And um, the police officers go, The one with the body cam footage going, uh, goes to the back seat and there's our boy in the back seat and his eyes are wide open and he's slumped over and he's not moving. And they start calling his name like, Hey buddy, what's going on? Like, you know, it could, are are we catatonic? What's going on? Uh, and, the the officer opens the back of the police cruiser and there is a lot of dark fluid uh, draining from both nostrils and from the mouth of this guy and he's not breathing and he doesn't have a pulse and they're like oh shit get him out get him out of these cuffs and they pull him out get him on the ground uncuff him and man employee of the month right here whatever intake tech or nurse it looked like a tech just straddled this guy. And she was like, okay, three, two, one CPR, let's go. And she was just like, all right, let's just jump in. Like, I don't, you know, who needs a fruitcake is this tech. Right. We need to find <laughs> this one. Cause she was just like, yeah, I was. got these compressions. Somebody else start writing down times, you know? And I mean, we've been to codes
0: and it's always a certain person that is immediately engaged. I mean, there's no questions, no hesitation. They immediately get the board out there on the floor. They're already doing, they're counting their timing. You know, there's always, there's always a timekeeper. Someone's always good about, Oh, it's eight Oh six, you know, and and compression starting at eight Oh seven or whatever. But yeah, she was
1: right on. Yeah. And they were like, okay, we got to get an ambulance over here. And, uh, they're trying to explain what injury they went in. And, you know, like I, without, you know, Naming off the facility that we're talking about. Jody, you know, if you were to try and describe to somebody how to get to the old entrance of this place. No, I don't. You want to try it, that? It would take a paragraph. Yeah. Like, will you go next to that dumpster? And then there's like there's like a Banksy artwork piece on the back of that sign. You it's make like, a left it's there. It's like the
0: small town. Well, you go down here and take a left at the at yeah. the
1: Wendy's. At the, at the <laughs> Wendy's, it, it it used to be owned by uh, Carl Mitchelson. He he don't work there y'all anymore. Y'all know Carl. Y'all know you know Carl. You remember Carl? If you see Carl, tell him I said hey, and just have him wave y'all in my direction. No, but um, they've called for an ambulance. It's, there's some confusion. He's trying to describe it, but this tech is just you know just like the number one triceps of the Christmas season. Just, just pumping away on this guy. Nothing. And you know, so
0: you find a patient and he's bleeding from his nostrils and out of his mouth and someone that you were actually verbal with, you know, what, 10, 12 minutes ago, he's talking, he's wanting water. Mm -hmm. He's doing all the things certain things come to mind as to what may have happened and maybe not to the police, but certainly to the nurses that, that get there. And then, then definitely to the EMT guys that show up because yeah. that doesn't happen without a few things being present.
1: Well, here's the fun part. The EMT guys never showed up. And this makes me tip my hat to the officers even more. Cause after six and a half minutes, they're like, the police are too confused to know how to get back here, put him back in the car. Uh, we're going around the corner to the emergency entrance. Uh, after a few minutes um, of the ambulance is not knowing where to come, uh, the officers are like, okay, we need to act faster than this. Uh, throw him in the back of the vehicle. I know how to get from this spot to the emergency entrance of the medical hospital that it's attached to. So they toss it back in and the tech goes, I'll ride with him. I'll continue percussions and uh, compressions. Sorry, I drank a spider earlier, <laughs> uh, and spiders spider. kick it in. It takes seven minutes, or six and a half minutes, without the ambulance. Seven minutes for them to get from that spot. Car started over to the emergency exit, emergency room, emergency room entrance, and the nurses and folks. Have got, I guess, the report from either the driver or the ambulances, and they come running out into the parking lot and they pull this guy out onto the ground, and the tech is still going. So, what, this tech's been doing CPR for like nine minutes. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, two minutes of CPR is hard work. He's going to get the $25 Amazon card tomorrow. I swear to God, Easily. this was like a 140 pound girl. Yeah. She was just just pumping away. She wouldn't, she wouldn't let this guy go nowhere.
0: And for those of you who've never done CPR, even for 90 seconds to oh go for God. nine minutes, nine minutes is an eternity. of it, CPR. Yeah. It's so long. That and, is hard work. You know, there's an
1: adrenaline factor and yeah, we'll, we'll get that and we'll get past that. And you're tired. of Yeah, minutes. it is super honest to God. If somebody does a uh, CPR on a human being, for two minutes or more, as far as I'm concerned, you have the rest of the night off. How do you know if your CPR
0: is right? How do you know? What what sound do you hear?
1: I I always hear music in my head. No, oh, you're doing the BGS. I'm doing the BGS. Ah, ah, ah. mm-hmm. Now you should hear some ribs cracking. Well, yeah, th- Yeah that's true.
0: And at nine minutes, I have to wonder how much cracking. It's just
1: there so may much. not be anything left to crack. Yeah, it's cracked up. Yeah, you've broken them all. But you know what? Guess what? Break their ribs. At least you'll keep them alive. Yeah. yeah Don't no care. one ever got
0: sued. It's, they'll get to the law. That's yeah, fine. no.
1: Having multiple broken ribs in a lifetime, you'll live. Yeah, you'll survive the broken ribs. You won't survive the cardiac arrest. Yep. So they get him out on the ground, and with each compression, uh, he's still... I don't want to say bleeding because I'm not a doctor, but there's still dark blood appearing fluid coming out of his nose and mouth with every compression. And then, you know, they put the oxygen bag on him and they have to pull it off and break the seal because there's so much fluid inside the bag. They need to let it run down the sides of his face. Yeah, And one of the nurses taps the tech on the shoulder and she was like, switch off. And she just kind of hops off and they throw him on a gurney and they go inside. And this guy is pronounced dead. Not, but a few minutes later, you know, and certainly we're not doctors,
0: but again, for that amount of blood to be present and coming from those areas, there's only a few things that happen.
1: And it's, it's just horrible. Especially since, you know, you know. I, I talked to another nursing colleague of mine and, uh, you know, she had the interest in the, I feel like I'm falling. Yeah. That whole business earlier in the day. Like, well, okay, we get a schizophrenic guy. He may feel like he's falling. You know, that could easily be,
0: you know. Yeah. I mean,
1: it could be a number of things. Yeah.
0: But certainly blood pressure is in play. We got... And it's weird that, you know, we get that reading from the EMT. The EMT's not concerned. Who knows what it was when they when they ran
1: it? Yeah, I don't know. But, but I bet it, it was funky. I mean, at some point, it had to have been funky. Maybe it was like he didn't see numbers that were too high, but maybe the numbers were a little bit too close together.
0: Yeah, and maybe a little low.
1: I don't think. know. Yeah. That's like I, I mean, I didn't get to hear him out loud when he read the vitals. Yeah. Obviously, oh. it wasn't enough for this... Uh, firefighter to go hey guys hang on yeah and certainly not knowing
0: what his baseline was because i mean we get patients all the time i had a girl that was uh her heartbeat was in the high 40s low 50s and then my tech comes over and is like hey
1: this girl's dying i was like no she's a soccer player so yeah no, she's, uh, yeah she's a ballerina oh never mind she's done a lot of conditioning she's good to go yeah
0: and those blood pressures you know you wake up you're like well this kid's you know 90 over 50 and like
1: yeah, it's just yeah. that's just baseline for them. I mean, yeah. If yeah. they're
0: super excited, you know, they're hundred over fifty five yeah. or over sixty, yeah. It's fine. But... So not knowing where this guy's at, and you get a reading that's somewhere near range and we're figuring guy needs a psych hospital more than he needs this other thing. And even if we get him to psych hospital and this is abnormal, we can refer him out or they have some things that we can do there. Right. You know.
1: But unfortunately for this guy, um, you know, we can speculate about what happened uh some kind of hemorrhage some kind of clot i don't know yeah i mean not a doctor but but it that's what appears to have happened to him in the back seat of that police cruiser
0: sounds a little bit like a brain aneurysm
1: something like know. that yeah which would explain a few of the symptoms i feel like i can't breathe yeah. uh, i feel like i'm falling down and then actually falling down a couple of times i don't know but uh you know I cannot think of one thing that anybody did wrong in this scenario. No.
0: I mean, it's unfortunate as the entire thing is for this patient, I, I was shocked to see how really well, and I mean, from the police, the first contact, uh, the support system that he had at home, the type of patient that he appeared to be. Um, and then super tech hopping on and doing the compressions. I mean, even the interaction in the car, everything was just, I mean, it's what I would hope it would be before I could see these people. It was, it was textbook.
1: Yeah. No, they gave they were all calm. They were all giving good directions with yeah. one another you know, they didn't, they were speaking well with mom. They were speaking well with him. It was, I don't think there was anything better that they could have done. Yeah, just it's just a tragedy, and I'm just you know, yeah, unfortunate man. I hate it. It sucks for the guy. It sucks for the mom. It sucks for all those cops. It sucks for the tech. It sucks yeah. for the firefighters. It just sucks. Just overall suckage. Yeah. yeah. It's just suck factor times ten. It's yeah. a sad night. It was a sad night.
0: That's a that's a. It's an interesting case, but there's a lot of silver lining there, and and kudos to those guys that were involved in that because everything I saw was just
1: awesome. It really was. Yeah blameless but, in my eyes, you know. But
0: let's move on to case number 2, Isaac. The business. Because I'm not so impressed with all
1: this. All right. Case number 2. Year and a half, maybe 2 years ago. Same police department. Uh, you know, I can't I can't even rule out that it wasn't even the same officers.
0: I don't think. I mean, looking at the guys, What are the odds? Yeah, I mean, uh, the odds are incredible. I don't know. I think there's like 5,000 on this force. But looking really? at really, the, yeah, there's a lot. Damn, yeah, it's huge. But I'm on it, and I didn't even know <laughs> until just a second ago. But the difference, just the the interaction, was so different. Like these, the guys in the in the case one gave a shit. I loved it. They gave more than one shit. They did, and I was it was just moving. I just I was really impressed.
1: Not so much on case two. So case two, we turn on the body camera footage, and the background here is that we have a guy, at a shopping center in roughly the same part of the nation and he's panicking and he's high as hell on cocaine and he calls 911 himself because he's afraid and he's on he feels unsafe and he tells the dispatcher that he's schizophrenic and he's off his meds and he's high on cocaine and also some people have been calling in because this guy's been doing a little bit of running throughout the traffic
0: there's a little bit of that.
1: Yeah, mostly a lot of that. I mean, though. the
0: guy's again, definitely in crisis. He's yeah, he's dangerous for himself.
1: I mean, the rundown on this guy already. I'm like, this is the kind of patient I want to work with. This is my business right here. Yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff going on, running around in traffic. <laughs> yeah. So at the shopping center that he's, uh, you know, on display at, uh, there's a private security guy, I guess, watches the parking lots and whatnot at night. And he was like. I think I need to intervene because this is kind of weird. So this one single private security officer manages to subdue the guy and handcuff him. And does it? Yeah. One guy handcuffs one other guy who is high on cocaine and could be hallucinating all kinds of unsafe stuff and probably is still expressing that he's afraid because he was saying it pretty frantically on the 911 call. I'm afraid he's scared. He should be scared. There's there's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, He was barefoot, wearing shorts. Anyway, the police officers arrive, and here's where it does not go like the case that took place three weeks ago. The first thing that the officers do when they arrive is they pin this guy down face down on the ground uh, with a knee in the center of his spine, just below the shoulder blades. Um, which, you don't even have to be a medical professional to, to know that you, you, you kill people that way.
0: Well, you know, and here's what's really disappointing about that. The guy's already cuffed. He's already on his bottom. He's, He's already subdued. He's sitting. And is he is he erratic? He is is. There's a, there's some stuff going on. I I get it. And but it's not by all appearances to me, Isaac. Uh, it doesn't look dangerous to the officers. Now, the guy's in crisis, and yeah, you know there are some things going on. I appreciate that. He's handcuffed, sitting on the ground. He is subdued, and even if he were to attempt to attack. I mean, his lethality is, is pretty low at this point. Yeah. I mean, he's not really in a position to hurt anybody. And let's say that he were, let's say this were a different situation. Let's say this were some killer, which I don't believe this guy was. I doubt it. He's handcuffed sitting on the ground. He wants to get up, he's in a panic. Um, there's now all these officers and all these lights around, which is a huge trigger, I'm sure. You know, he's already got some things going on. I mean, he's already calling the police himself. He's he's calling the police. Yeah. He, and again, this is not a new guy. He's been around the system, been popping in and out of hospitals. He's on a medication regimen. Um, this is not new now.
1: Cocaine is also not one of those medications.
0: Cocaine is not prescribed. No. No. So, unfortunately, this guy was having his evening and doing his things. He got way, way in over his head. Uh, But, you know, still had enough to say, this is, I don't
1: don't feel safe. I'm no longer having fun. (laughs) Right. I'm straight up not having a good time. Straight up not having a good time, bro. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean,
0: he knows where he's at. He's had these feelings before. He knows what helped him last time and kept him safe. He's reaching out for that thing. And when he reaches out, he doesn't really get what he
1: was expecting. No, no. Um, Coming up to a guy who's sitting in handcuffs and putting him face down and putting your knee in the middle of his back is essentially the same thing as a psych worker who has a patient who's locked in seclusion opening the seclusion room door to put them in a hold
0: yeah and what, and what was this guy saying
1: when he was on the ground what was he saying please don't hurt me please don't kill me
0: yeah please say you're I, you're gonna kill me
1: yeah not threatening anybody yeah not and he, yelling and about, he wanted to get up
0: yeah. he wanted to stand up mm-hmm. that's what he wanted to do so if you're sitting on the ground in handcuffs and you're lying down at some point they had him on his back what do you do what do you do to try to achieve some balance? Isaac? you start to roll, baby. You start to roll, baby. You you start kicking your legs so that you can counter-balance get some leverage. That torso up, yeah. right? You can sit up. You started
1: doing that. What happened? Well, with that motion that it takes for him to try and uh, get the leverage to get upwards, I guess um, the feet in the air was all the officers needed. qualify that as a threatening gesture he's being aggressive as though the officers five of them surrounding a restrained person feared for their lives yeah i guess is how they wrote it down so uh they they put him back in this uh face down restraint and um with the, again, with the knee in the middle of the back. So when you're face down, your chest is against the ground and there's a kneecap in the middle of your back, pressing your chest into the ground. Where's, where, where's your breathing happening? That's how anacondas kill people. Yeah. yeah your breathing is not happening is not the answer happening. to that yeah. question. It's yeah. not. It's not taking place.
0: Cause when you finally exhale, even if you had some pressure now to be able to re-expand Is difficult because, again, you have a full-grown man exerting weight upon that region where you'd really like to expand You Mm -hmm. know where your lungs are. So it's difficult. You're not getting, you know, full air in there. And now you begin to hyperventilate and do all the things, which very
1: likely this guy was already doing. Yeah. You
0: know, from the video. From the cocaine and the traffic running. Yeah,
1: Yeah. of course. So he starts fighting for his life. You know, parts of his brain turn on that are, uh, you know, millions of years old and about the size of my thumbnail you know, it's fight or flight time because somebody's killing me. So he starts thrashing about a whole lot, which makes these officers do two things, apply more pressure and start mocking him
0: verbally. And for for those of you who are maybe wondering, maybe the people on the scene as to um, whether or not you were killing him, I think he said that.
1: Yeah, You. he said... Specifically. Yeah, he said... You guys are killing me. Yeah. Just like, so, just to fill in the blanks. If you were wondering at what point you thought that you might be killing a person, it would be immediately before they said, "You guys are killing me." Yeah. Yeah. Heads up. That would be when. Yeah. And that's the time that they started uh, exchanging jokes with one another. And the only thing this poor guy do, was doing at this point didn't have anything to do with the cocaine or the traffic. Frogger. He was just trying to get out of a lethal restraint. Yeah. He was just trying to defend his life. That video is so hard to watch. It's... It's just crushing. It's pretty chilling.
0: Because I... I I don't even... Because those are our people. I mean, we've been... We've been in that situation with all those people. And I've never had my knee in someone's back. And they've never been frantic and afraid
1: that they were going to die. i tell you what... In the end, right. In my years, I have restrained... My number of restraints, you know, you you don't even count I, I, hundreds. I've done hundreds of restraints. You want to know how many times I've accidentally killed somebody? Zero, Zero times. times, none so, times. And,
0: and just for the record, let's say you have someone in a restraint, Isaac, and that restraint is physical, and it's getting it's pretty squarely. If that if that hold position goes into prone, what do you
1: do? Stop. What do you, yeah, you let them go. Right? I don't care what is going on. I don't care how bad they're fighting you. If you get into a dangerous position, you let them go. I'm going to take a couple of hits to the face to try to re-secure you, That's but I'm, you're
0: not going to be on the floor prone your
1: Yep, ever. And I can say this, uh, uh, holding a license to to teach people uh, a certain way to restrain folks, uh, if you get them in a prone position or a face down position, you release. Uh, Immediately. I don't care what they're doing. I do not care if they've got a a, a shotgun in their hands. If you get them in a prone position, you let them go. Yeah. I don't care. Or if they say, I can't breathe, let them go. Let them go. Yeah. Because, you know, they could be bullshitting and they just want to take another swing at you. Well, that's fine. You know how to put them in a hold again. Yeah. That's fine. However, if they're not bullshitting and you accidentally kill them, we're having a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And that is exactly what this guy is doing. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. You guys are killing me. And uh, the officers are making jokes, and one of them is reading the information off of his driver's license, and they make a joke about his socioeconomic status based on the zip code that he lives in. I didn't know they had crazy people live up there. This is a nicer, well-to-do area of the city. Heaven forbid someone with schizophrenia live in a nice neighborhood. The nerve of of these people... They're just to, everywhere to just live and breathe yeah, and have a place to stay. Mm. Yeah, no, but they, they thought that the, while they were, um, uh, killing this guy, uh, that that was the time to make the joke. Um, and one of them, uh, after this joke and they all chuckle and the guy's still, you know, fighting a little bit. Uh, they ask for a, uh, now i can't put, i can't say it the way that the officer said it because that would give away the name of a of a hospital yeah and he says uh, can we get the blank blank hospital cocktail special which again i don't have to explain to you guys in the psych nursing field that a cocktail is illegal you cannot chemically restrain a human being well
0: so those rules are a little bit different
1: i mean well, where we are,
0: where in a hospital setting, and depending upon what your CMS rules are, uh, depending on how you run, because I talk to people different hospitals, they give two, t- ten two fifty. Where I work, we don't. In my previous hospital, we didn't. We yeah. never gave ten two fifty. Now you could give the ten fifty, and you could get an order for the two,
1: if and if it was separated by a
0: certain it, amount it, of time. Yeah, a certain minutes, and the order was separate, and the behavior was so erratic and dangerous then yes, you could introduce it, but you'd never give it all together. This particular facility and, and police on the scene, uh, EMTs, they, they'll give it. See, I stand corrected. I did not know that the facility would do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That particular facility does ten two fifty. Right. they do it all the time. Well, I believe it. Uh, yeah. But, that, but that's a rough place. That's a tough I mean, place to go. It is. It's yeah. that's, you know, you screen down and you, um, uh, you go through the city and you find some of the craziest things happening and in those individuals and you get them triaged and brought in. And uh you know, that first stage is generally and that's a violent place. Yeah. There's it a few is. places in town where there's the go to for that type of behavior and full psychosis and hitting and spitting and shitting and all of the things. My favorite. Yeah, and that in that place, that intake is where they'll give it. They will give the ten two fifty just as just as a life measure sometimes it's crazy
1: so when they're uh, you know asking for the chemical restraint and whatnot they, they giggle about that uh, I think one of the most infuriating comments gets made at least to me one officer says to the other yeah he definitely doesn't have schizophrenia he's just a druggie
0: yeah because I'm clinically um, proficient and I can diagnose on the scene
1: I physically feel angry when I say that statement out loud, even as many times as I have seen this video and, you know, prep for this podcast, like I'm pissed off just hearing it again.
0: Well, you know, what's really funny. I think in that statement, I thought the very same thing is that they may well be working with someone or near someone that has schizophrenia that's medicated where they have a successful treatment program. Right. You know, they don't know. And I mean, it's, it's a lot more people than you think. And certainly you guys out there know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of disorders that, I mean, you have a very successful treatment for, and I don't know these things. I mean, if you're compliant with your medications you're doing, you know, your therapy and your psychiatrist is successful with your treatment, I you, I don't know these things. So for him to say, for someone on the ground yeah. that's flailing, that's obviously in distress, and certainly. I, okay. And has said on the
1: phone, he has schizophrenia. <laughs> yeah you know yeah
0: there's a component to the story that we're gonna get to that is and we're gonna end pretty near the end of it that's just crushing that i just hate and i can't even let myself think about too much but i think mean, the guy had a history he'd had previous hospitalizations he had active medications he had all but the things kind of like
1: jokingly rouse him he's so just there, had a bad night know, like time for school well, I, and know, the, the- yeah, police officers I mean, and, and talking and to him in this cliche IDD down down syndrome stereotype voice that I'm not even going to imitate because so it's morally repugnant. So, so, yeah. But you know the, the one carrier, I'm talking about. Everybody that yeah. listening knows the one so I'm talking about. So at this about. point, he's not really um, able to scream. And at that point, his life when he's, anymore, he's just kind of gasping, and not and moving, he's fully incapacitated. This point, he's, he's, he's not a danger to anyone. He's not a danger to the grass he's laying on. Right. At this point the the emt comes over and injects him in the left upper bicep with ketamine like you do yeah to an incapacitated patient that's not a threat what kind of person needs ketamine what kind of behavior do you need do you see when, when to make joe to go jesus christ grab the ketamine guys i i need them to be doing the things the hitting bidding or shitting mm-hmm. and you know
0: actively aggressive danger to me, danger to himself. And even if that guy's super sweet to me, if he's running in traffic naked and, and it's obviously dangerous, something bad's going to happen. Let's get let's, the K l- let's help the guy out. Yeah. And you know, at least to get him stable enough to get him transferred to a facility where we can really begin to evaluate and see who, who are we dealing with? What is going on? What is this history? All of the things, but in the moment let's get it safe.
1: Yeah. So, not this moment. Not for this guy laying on the ground. Uh, so, say, so to be clear, the person who is unconscious on the ground doesn't need ketamine? I, okay, so no. Probably not. How long? Wait, let me think about it. No. No, never. Zero percent. A, a person that is a non-threat who is unconscious. and And I watched it multiple times. The EMT did not even ascertain if this gentleman was breathing yet. He could have been... A corpse. Yeah. Sticks him. Injects it, walks off. Uh and they still can't get him roused. Um he it, when when he gets the ketamine, he he doesn't even flinch. Yeah. Nothing. Uh the EMTs get him on the stretcher. And that's when they realize he's not breathing. And
0: that's when you see the dynamic of the buddy-buddy relationship between those
1: that were in attendance changed a little bit. A little bit. It changed a little bit. One of the cops goes, "Oh fuck. I hope I didn't kill him." And it's quiet for about three seconds. I think he, can, he said, "I,"
0: or he maybe even said, said "We." Yeah. And it then was, the other cop right. said, "Well, I didn't. Yeah, was, I didn't kill him." Yeah.
1: I hope we didn't kill him. You start to see everybody pull back. And they pull back. And even, yeah, you're right. And one of the other police officers goes, what's this wee shit? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a statement that got made. I, re- I remember hearing that. It was behind the camera. Yep. What's this wee shit?
0: Yeah. I wasn't on his back with my knee for nine yeah, like you get. Seconds. They
1: were pointing fingers at each other. The, the, the stretcher was not inside the ambulance yet. Yep. And they were like, okay. Everything know- for himself.
0: And, and I mean, it's within a minute, 90 seconds. He's in the, actually in the bus and the EMT's sitting there working on him and he's so nonchalant. He's like, it's not breathing. Yep. Cause he knows what's the point. Didn't, I didn't, it was completely non-reactive. He's like, yeah, this, this guy's not breathing. Yeah. I mean, and he couldn't have been any more if he had told me what kind of sandwich he was eating for lunch yesterday.
1: Yeah. And the, the EMT in there looks out at the officers and he goes, can you guys get some gloves on please? Yeah. Like you can see that there's a little bit of disgust on this EMT's face because I think the EMT knows what just happened. Yeah. And can you guys get some gloves on please? And one of the officers says, well, I've got this guy's mom on the phone, which would have been helpful, helpful fucking information about 15 minutes ago. I hate this part of the story. Yeah. Go ahead. He says, I've got his mom on the phone and the. EMT just pulls his glove off and goes. Well, it doesn't matter. He's dead. Yeah. And you know what sucks is the mom has the full medical
0: history, has his entire med list, yep, entire behavior pattern. She was the support system. She was there. She was taking care. Now certainly this guy had gone off the reservation. And but you know what? I mean, so what? So what? He's still living and breathing. And doing the things, and whether he's working it out or not, or whether this was just a bad day or a bad week or whatever that thing was, he had somebody that gave a shit. Yeah. And all... Just a few minutes too late, huh? It's funny that they called once he's not breathing. Yeah. Because, I don't know, maybe you've been able to make that call
1: earlier. If you made that call earlier, she'd be like, oh, here's this thing that always calms him down. Yeah.
0: And... Here's his meds, and you know he hasn't been compliant for two weeks. He's or been put, a little fidgety, and these things have been happening, and he did go missing tonight at 6 p.m., but that's not his general pattern.
1: Put me on speakerphone. I'll talk to him. My voice will calm him down. Yeah. Yeah. God, I hate this part of the story. because Probably didn't say, oh, well, y'all just go ahead and uh, asphyxiate him. <sighs> it's just so much. Yep. Man. I've got his mom on the phone. Well, it doesn't matter. He's dead. And, and again... I know we started
0: before we even get into these two stories and we know this job is hard, but it's got to be better than that. Yes. It, it has to be because that video, I and, I mean, we watched it and I watched it a couple of times and I saw it recently at an orientation and um, it's just hard to watch and it's not, I, I mean, it, I'm a nurse. People die. I mean, shit happens. But it's hard to see that level of interaction between people that you would hope would just give a shit.
1: Yeah. It's hard. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a prosecutor. I'm not a district attorney. I'm not a judge. You're not? None of those things. Uh, but I watch this video and I see murder.
0: It just It's very simply against, I think, the social contract. I mean, that's it is. not what I expect expect people to do and I don't care if you're a police officer or not I just I don't know I guess I just I think people are good and I want to believe that given the opportunity to make a decision that people would pick right and I just see so many bad decisions in this case and it's just watching it where it's documented like that and it's so real and it's so harsh and it's so unfortunate it's just it's just a Basketful of emotions for me personally knowing these patients and caring for some of these guys and it could have happened just any of them
1: you know you know what happened to those officers tell us all five acquitted of all charges under qualified immunity all five three of them are still at the same police department two of them resigned
0: you know and here's what I'll say after just brutally watching this. I don't think there was ever any malice involved.
1: They did. I. I don't believe that those five officers showed up and said, "Let's kill this guy."
0: Yeah. I just, I just wanted to be better than that, and it sucks. Yeah. I just wanted to be better because it wasn't good there. No. I, and and again, and I know we we talk about this in several different episodes. If you don't do psych, there's a certain component that you're missing. And you know, you go to work and you see all the things all the time and you start to feel like there's a certain sense of, I don't know, um, coarseness that you get about it, but it's not really coarseness. It's just that you get used to seeing certain yeah. things, but you can still value them and you still know where people are at and you still want to help these people, but you just see the same things over and over and over again. And for me seeing this guy tonight look like any patient in crisis that I've taken an intake and tried to get back to the floor and whether that required an intervention or not, Um, we always move forward,
1: never required killing them. (sighs)
0: I've yet to kill anyone,
1: yeah. It's just rough, man. It's a bummer, yeah. It's like I hate that case, you know. Maybe 16 hours in in a psych tech's uh, orientation is devoted to verbal de escalation and restraint. 16 hours i wish the cops
0: from case one had it rolled up on case Two. Because,
1: oh my god i i have seen some fucking waiters and waitresses at waffle house have better de-escalation skills than these cops in case two <laughs>
0: I, I i it there was just a certain level of coarseness and like i don't know just i don't i don't know if they just seen too much or been too much or I, I don't know what it was that particular evening. If it was a rough night, but I don't know if
1: it's, decisions don't know.
0: were made. I I think you and I can't really look at it very objectively because we have a heart for those guys. Right,
1: those are our people. Which is why I'm pissed off and a little drunk over here.
0: Yeah, and, and we <laughs> we see it and we're like, that was so fucking uncalled for. I just can't believe this happened this yeah. way. I this... can
1: think of twenty other ways that this would have happened. Yeah, and none of them included person dying.
0: Yeah. I just hate it I just hate this case But You know again You guys deal with so much And we get it And your lives are on the line Way more than Than we are And we get these guys Once they're In the system And you know We have our rough times too But you know I've yet to see anyone get killed I've, I've seen some broken noses And some black eyes and, Love and, it and, and yeah It's it's manageable Um, But It's just gotta be better than that it just has to be
1: because it can be better than that look at case one yeah. it was better than that it, I struggled
0: to find a part of the interaction on case two that was appropriate,
1: not really any of it really none of it
0: yeah and it's just I don't know
1: maybe that maybe the only thing that I saw of importance was the uh
0: the EMT the, the only I was about to say the only humanity I saw was yeah. from the EMT that basically was pronouncing the guy going this is just fucked
1: yeah and, and he had a you know he had an asymmetrical facial expression yeah which is a, a, the only asymmetrical facial expression is the one of contempt which is uh yeah dismissal and moral superiority and, and he had the right to have both
0: and emts i'm gonna give it to those guys well beyond the police because all they're doing is going out and just cleaning up messes and they're so used to just broken pieces of people and and mm-hmm in the last moments of someone's humanity and that you do build that that really crusty outer layer because it just hurts
1: you could tell this guy was crusty he was crusty mm-hmm.
0: but even he was
1: just he like, was pissed off about it he was angry yeah. so can you guys at least get some gloves on yeah yeah i don't even know where to go with it i think I think we've said enough about that
0: case, and I mean, we could sit here for another hour and be disappointed, but it is what it is, and
1: I, I, we've accidentally hurt our own feelings tonight, Jody. <laughs> I don't
0: know, man. I don't. I, you, after just sitting and watching that video, you don't want to watch it really, and Mm-mm. to see it, I don't know.
1: Yeah, take our word for it. It's uh, it's better that you just heard us talk about it instead of you looking it up and finding it. If you do find it, I'm sorry. You're gonna watch something that's very, very upsetting.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not really even worth the watch. Not really.
1: There's nothing that
0: you can learn from it. But we appreciate you guys um, for listening to probably was, what wasn't the the funniest episode outside of Isaac just destroying that spider in one single gulp. He never had a chance. He never had a chance. And again, we'll end the show that we that we always do. If you're out there and you're considering making what may be a very poor and permanent decision for yourself, there's a number that you can call, and they'll pick up on the very first ring and you listen to everything you have to say. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. 273 8255 These guys are great. It's what they do. Um, they're just wonderful, and I can't even begin to give you the number of stories that are very positive where they've had outcomes and placements and referrals and really stopped people from making a decision that was just forever so again 1-800-273-8255 give these guys a call please Isaac
1: I love you I love you